Guys that are really good and, and, and they normally take this step by their third year, Skip, you've heard a lot of people say this, by their third year. As a Hemi for arm. Stepping up middle of the field. First down and more. Josh Allen weaving to the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Allen, end zone shot. Got a man. Caught for the touchdown. He's a real threat. Down in the red zone, wherever. What's going on, Bills Mafia? This is Eli Fox, the host of the All Day Buffalo podcast. Welcome back. I am so excited to talk about some Bills football today. We had an awesome, <clears throat> sorry, an awesome game last week against the Chicago Bears where we won handedly, took them to town in their own building. I know it's just a preseason game, but when you can put up a 40-burger and you can limit the other team to less than 20 points, it always feels pretty darn good. Um, so I'm going to quickly recap uh, the Bills versus Bears games, kind of go over my podcast from last week and kind of see where things happened. Um, so let's start out with me talking about how I didn't want to see um, Josh Allen play. Obviously, he didn't, so that's a check mark. You know, we got that one. We predicted that. We wanted to see that, and that happened. Uh, so, Mitch Trubisky played instead of Josh Allen, and I was talking a little bit in this past podcast about how I wanted to see Trubisky get a more of a chance to, to kind of show what he can do, um, and I think that is exactly what happened. I think that the game plan – for Trubisky was completely different than the game plan against the Lions with Trubisky. Uh, against uh, against the Lions with Trubisky, it just didn't seem like they wanted to even throw the ball at all. They just kind of ran out the clock for the entire game. Um, and in this game against the Bears, Trubisky went 20 for 28, had just about, two, I think, 200 yards and a touchdown. So he played really, really well uh, against his former team in a building that he is very familiar with against crowd uh, against a fan base he's very familiar with. And he completely ate it up, had a really nice touchdown pass to Jake Kumaro, uh, which I was really excited about because that was another guy that I talked about in this podcast a little bit. I wanted to see more from Kumaro. 
Uh, he was getting so gassed up in camp, but we didn't really see it in Detroit. And I think that we saw it. We, we at least got a glimpse of it. We, we got to see him score a touchdown and that's all I need. That's all that I need when I'm talking. I need to see a little bit more. I don't need to see him put up 150 yards and two touchdowns. You know, I don't really care about that because he's not one, not going to get the playing time to do that. And two, I, we don't need Jake Kumaro to put up those numbers. It'd be nice if he did, you know, once in a while, but I don't think we need that. We've got, we've got Diggs Davis and Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley for those types of numbers. So on the offensive side of the ball, also before I stop talking about the offense, I did want to see motor and Zach Moss kind of like, you know, get their, their two headed dragon uh, mentality and play style back. And I wanted to see the running game uh, show a little more, um, a little more oomph, you know, than last season. They, they, they played well in week one of the preseason. Uh, Devin Singletary especially played well. You know, Zach Moss didn't play in that game, but Devin Singletary played really well. Uh, and so I wanted to see both these guys kind of running in tandem to see what they can do on the ground this year with each other, especially with Zach Moss coming back from an injury. Motor and Moss killed it, in my opinion. Um, and not only did Motor and Moss kill it, Reggie Gilliam killed it. I did not expect for the life of me that Reggie Gilliam would be one of the more impressive players from this game. And he totally was. He scored two touchdowns. He had a couple rushes for 20-something yards. And that's coming from your fullback. That is perfect. You know, like the, the, the first touchdown he scored when he got stopped at the line of scrimmage on the goal line, and then he bounced it back around. I think that, you know, there's not many fullbacks that can do that. You know, Reggie Gilliam is a super different type of fullback where he's almost more of a tight end, but he can also play that fullback role. Uh, I think that we should utilize this, uh, you know, maybe take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands on those, you know, maybe a third and two, uh, a fourth and one and a half situation. Give it to Reggie Gilliam because I think that this guy can get a decent, you know, personal push he he he's got the the strong legs and strong upper body to do it um and then you saw his creativity being able to be stopped in the hole but bounce it outside like a running back so i really liked reggie gilliam i liked i liked the way that he played and you know i think that earlier in the season or in the off season i might have said let's cut reggie gilliam because i don't think we need him and now after that i'm i am more excited about reggie gilliam than i ever have so obviously the lesson here as I did get a lot of the things I wanted to see happen, uh, right. Don't always listen to me because I'm not always right. <laughs> so let's move on to the defense. What I talked about last week I said the defense needed to play similar to how they played in Detroit. I understand that we were playing a preseason lions team, but allowing only 15 points is something to hang your hat on. Those are exact. That is an exact quote from the past podcast. And guess what we did? We held them to 15 points. So boom. Big old check mark. The defense looks unbelievable. The defensive line in general, and I'm not going to go too, because I talked a lot about the defensive line in this past episode, so I'm not going to go too much further into this, but the defensive line, man, looks really good. The pass rush looks really good. You know, Justin Fields got his head taken off. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton didn't look very good for most of the game, and I, I was just so impressed by this defense and the the consistency so far that we're playing with. You know, it's early in the season. We're playing a lot of depth guys. I'm lo I'm loving Demar Hamlin. Him getting on that loose ball, 
man, I think that this defense is going to turn around big time this year. I'm excited to see Trey come back. So to see Tremaine Edmonds come back, because I think Tremaine Edmonds is due for a good year and an earned Pro Bowl year. I think that last year he kind of got in just because of his name. Um, the, you know, we know the first year, I think that he did earn that second year, not so much third year, mm, not so much. So I want to see Tremaine Edmonds in his fourth year, kick it up, be great. I know that is a very hot topic, uh, because he is in his contract years. So hopefully we can get the best out of Tremaine Edmonds. And I expect it, you know, along with Matt Milano, the two bring out the best in each other, I think. Um, and then we've got Poyer and Hyde, who no one is worried about because we know that they bring the best out of each other. So last week's game was awesome. Super fun to watch. I was watching with my friends. Uh, most of them were Patriots fans. Uh, but like, you know, they, they are kind of rooting for the Bills because they know that we're good. And there's, you know, not many other teams that you can root for if you're a Patriots fan. <laughs> um, so they were pretty fired up. I was obviously fired up. You know, the best part, my play of the game had to be Marquez Stevenson's punt return touchdown because I have been pounding the table for my boy Marquez Stevenson to make this roster and 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 provide a spark on special teams that I don't think the Bills have. I you know Andre Roberts was a different type of spark. Andre Roberts wasn't the spark where he was going to break off a big run um, and 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 it would be electric to watch. Andre Roberts would get like a 20, 25 yard run, put the offense on the 45 yard line um, after a kickoff and Josh Allen would take a, take the rest over and we would score and put up a bunch of points last year. We were great at that. And that worked really well. I think it's time for a little elect electricity coming out of that spot. I think that Isaiah McKenzie has that in them in him. Seldomly. I think that Marcus Stevenson was born for this role. I think that, I'm not going to put him up there. You know, obviously he hasn't played a snap, a real snap in the NFL. So I can't put him up with the Devin Hester's the Josh Cribs of the return, you know, history. But I think that he kind of has that swag and potential to him. So I'm really excited. I want to see more from him. I will talk more about the Packers game because that is what we're on. But before that, I just wanted to rule out the whole, you know, COVID mess with Beasley and McKenzie. I, I'm so tired of that and it causes quite the ruckus on Twitter. And I'm tired of that too. Y'all make me want to go to sleep sometimes with the stuff you take, say on Twitter. It's just, it's terrible. <laughs> so I'm not even going to get into it. Um, I want to talk about Bill's football, not Bill's COVID drama. So let's get into it. Bill's versus Packers is upon us. This is also the final preseason game of the preseason. And Guess who it'll feature? Josh Allen and some other starters that have been sitting these past two weeks. You know, I don't hate that Josh is playing in this game. I don't hate it, but I don't really love it either. Uh, we know what Josh can do. We know how dangerous and lethal he can be on a football field. We know he's MVP caliber. And in the words of my boy, the great Justice General, he's a generational talent. And we know this. We know this. So why risk him getting injured for the fans? Like, yeah, that, that sounds fun and all, but I think the fans want something a little more this season than seeing Josh Allen on a couple of drives in the preseason. We want a fucking Super Bowl, dude. So I don't want, even want to put Josh Allen in harm's way in a meaningless game 
if it's going to potentially, you know, you can hear that knocking on wood. Hopefully it doesn't potentially, you know, happen. I don't want to see him get hurt, obviously. But it just scares me. Preseason scares the living shit out of me. And I just want to see him healthy. I want to see him rock out against the Steelers, who we are going to body in week one. So let's move on. Please don't play Diggs. <laughs> I don't care that Josh is playing. It doesn't have to be a package deal. Diggs has been dealing with a nagging knee injury all camp long, and we don't need to see him go down with anything, you know, any more serious than what he's already been dealing with. So sit Diggs no matter what and just get out of this game healthy, uninjured, please. Let's get to the regular season. We got just over two weeks to go, and boy, oh boy, am I fired up. Let's go. We want to see our guys out there. So let's be careful. Let's play our depth, guys. And that's where I'm going to segue into this next part. Once the starters are out, let's see what these guys have in them. These guys, as in these depth guys, it's their last shot to make a big splash before the 53-man roster comes out, and it's final. It's do or die time for some of these fringe guys. Like that is, you know, you can't sugarcoat that now. You got one more game to prove that you can make this 53-man roster or the practice squad. If the offense and defense can put together a game like week two, the coaching staff might have some really tough decisions to make. Um, there are going to be, I think even if the Bills play like absolute dookie, there's going to be some tough decisions to make. Now let's talk about the D-line. Let's see the D-line eat once again. For two weeks, now they have been super – for two weeks now, they've been super consistent. You know, they get into the QB and putting meaningful pressure on them. Justin Fields, like I said earlier, got his top taken off, and the Lions QBs from week one looked clueless most of the game. So got to keep that intensity and play for your life because the DL is where we're going to see a lot of the most surprising cuts. Uh, you know, outside of maybe the wide receiver group, I think those two groups are going to be the most surprising to see. Maybe we might see some people we want on this roster, but we're not going to get them because we don't have the space for them. We have a really loaded defensive line, in my opinion, and we have a really loaded wide receiver room in a lot of people's opinion. So this should be a really interesting game to watch for all the people that are on the cusp of making this roster. You know, guys like Stevenson, Go out there, make this damn roster because we need the talents that he can bring to a football team. And he seems like the guy that will get picked up by someone else and he'll go off for them. And I'm shaking my head right now. Don't, don't let that happen. He's a special teams ace. And we say it live and we, and we saw it live during the bears game. Took one of the damn house and took one of the house in, in baller fashion. Like he, he, it looked so easy. And then he just made the, the kicker look silly as most return men do. But that was a glimpse into what Marquez Stevenson, I think can be. Remember guys, this guy's a rookie. He can be shaped. He can work with a really good special teams coach with a really good group of special teams players. Like, don't forget we did. Yes. We lost Andre Roberts, who was a return man ace. But I think that the special teams coaching staff and, and the special teams group doesn't get enough love. 
you know, the, the special teams for the bills has been so rock solid. I don't, I, we don't see a lot of kick or punt return touchdowns scored on us. And we don't see a lot of big returns taken back on us. You, there's a lot of, of tackles on kickoffs made, uh, you know, in that 15 to 25 yard line range, that 10 yard range. That is perfect. That is all we can ask for when it comes to covering a kick or punt return. Just don't let the top get taken off, you know? And I think that the bills are really, really good. I was, and also onside kicks, you know, like how can I forget, you know, Micah Hyde, the onside kick God, you know, he just, he, we all remember when he caught it and brought it back on an onside kick against Miami, just the best because I love to see Miami getting tooled on. So Marquez Stevenson, you know, took it to the damn house. And by the way, he didn't muff a punt, but I'm not going to be petty or anything. So if there's any time for Marquez Stevenson to make this team, it's now. It's right now. With what's going on with McKenzie, and who knows if he'll be in the lineup for Game 3, McKenzie could be out for Game 3 of the preseason. And Marquez Stevenson, the door is wide open. The heaven's gates are upon him, and he's on you know, the fifth-to-last step, and he's just got to get through this game, get through the next couple practices, and he's there. I don't know if Stevenson making the team means that McKenzie's out. But Stevenson has a really good chance to make this team now. Especially if McKenzie doesn't play. You know, his stock is only going up after last game. And if McKenzie doesn't play, then McKenzie's stock can't move. Honestly, McKenzie's stock has probably moved down. He played really well on offense last game. He did muff a punt. And now all of this COVID drama is happening and he is basically, you know, part of the center of the attention. I don't know. I think his stock has gone down in my opinion. I know he's a great teammate. I know he's really good at his, you know, gadget skill set that he has on offense, but I think that he's a little bit expendable. I don't think that he's a guy that is a hundred percent necessary to have on this team because I think that Stevenson can do what McKenzie can do and more. I think that he's a better return man, better punt return man, kick return man, whatever you want. I think just return man in general, he's better than him. You know, so in my opinion, Stevenson is is better than McKenzie, and Stevenson hasn't showed any locker room issues issues yet. So I'm not gonna say that they're locker room issues. You know, they ha- he hasn't gotten any COVID drama. I'll put it that way. I'm not a McKenzie hater. I love Isaiah McKenzie, but I just like Stevenson more. That's all. So let's move on. We can also talk about Kumaro needing a slightly better game or, you know, the same game as last game to keep him in the wide receiver conversation. I think, and I've, I've been quoted on saying that I'm in love with Jay Kumaro. Touchdown Jesus, that's my guy. I love the idea of him on this team so much. But it's not going to be easy for him. You know, it's probably going to be easier for Stevenson to make this roster than it is for Kumaro. Because Kumaro, yes, he can play special teams. And yes, he does play special teams. I noticed him a lot more on special teams in Chicago than in Detroit. 
yes, he does play special teams, but he doesn't play special teams like Stevenson and he doesn't make a undeniable impact and, and that doesn't set a spark like Stevenson does, you know, Kumaro would play gunner and then on, on, on a kickoff defense. So Stevenson's got like, you know, a little more of a glamorous role than Kumaro would, but maybe Kumaro would contribute more on offense and then Stevenson. So it's kind of a tough coin flip between Kumaro and Stevenson. I think that'll be an interesting, it'll be a weird cut between the two of them. I think that one of them is going to make it, um, you know, and it, that all can depend on if Isaiah McKenzie makes it, uh, if, um, if any of these guys, there's, there's so many of them. You can pick from any of them. But lastly, the other guy I want to talk about who I want so bad on this team is F.A. Obata. I think he's an X-Factor guy. And I think that he can make a, a world of a difference on this team week in and week out. The guys on this DL are perfect. And when I say perfect, I mean perfect for this McDermott run defense that, you know, like quickly subs players in and out. You know, I think that it really benefits the D lineman. It, it, it lowers your risk of getting injured. It saves your legs, saves your lungs. Um, and, you know, a new look every single time for the def- for the offense. Every single time the offense has to look at different guys. They have to quickly adjust because they'll fly those guys in and out. And you might not even notice until you get right up to the line. Boom, quarterback's already got an audible just because there's a new look out on the field. That is a huge advantage. And I think that F.A. Obata is a guy that can come in on this D-line and make a lot of noise, even if he was playing 90% of the snaps, which he most certainly will not. I think that he would make a massive impact on this team. And you don't need, you know, you don't need, you know, the best guy out there on the field at one time. But if you, if, if, if all your guys are really solid and they all know the game plan and they're all in and out the way McDermott wants it to be. And Leslie, Leslie Frazier, they can all bring something to the D line and they have, and they have fresh legs. Like I said, so in my opinion, F.A. Obata brings, you know, he brings size, he brings strength, speed, and, and, and solid tackling ability. And he's just a freak. He's a freak of nature. He's huge. And if you pair that with another freak of nature in Gregory Rousseau, who's also been balling, he looks just as good. He's got a 33% QB pressure rate, which is the best out of all of the rookies in the NFL right now. All the rookies rushing the passer, obviously. It's crazy. This D-line's good. Like, I can't wait to watch this D-line and put F.A. Obata on there, please. Because I think that he can really, really shine with this group. But golly, is this D-line going to be scary. From wire to wire, fresh legs, in and out quickly. Wire to wire. So... Last week, I predicted the score. Honestly, I should go back and listen to that because I don't remember what I said, but I think I was kind of close. But this week, I'm going to predict the score of Bills Packers. We're going to see a little bit of Josh Allen, a little bit. 
little bit of Josh Allen. It's going to be fun. Going to stay safe. We're going to stay uninjured. You know, prayers up. I'm going to predict the score. I'm going to say, go with the trends. You know, the Bills haven't been losing, so I'm not going to say they're going to lose, obviously. And the Packers, eh, other than Aaron Rodgers, not worried. So I'm going to say Bills 34, Packers 21. Lock it in. That's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Before I go, I want to shout out all of my amazing brothers and Tia Stell, my sister over on the BIB podcast network. They put out amazing content in all honesty. They're the only podcast that I listen to. I should probably branch out, but I just love listening to our group's content creators because we put out great content. Um, and I know all of them really well from being, I mean, on Twitter with them. I don't really know them in real life. <laughs> I don't know a single one of them in real life, but it feels like I do. Um, it's a great family. And if you could do, you know, me a favor, them a favor, check them out. If you're listening on Apple, leave them a review. Only if it's positive, come on, be nice. And check out the YouTube, uh, check out Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of it. We got it all over here at BIB. So thank you again, everyone, for allowing me in your earbuds or on your car speaker. It has been a blast. I'm Eli Fox, and I'm out. And as always, go Bills. The information in here is worth millions. This has been All Day Buffalo with your host, Eli Fox. Every Saturday, only on the Bills in Buffalo Podcast Network. Chased and throwing, oh, and it is oh, caught. That's Stefan Diggs, the sliding grab for the touchdown.